Shavu Tov Gutvach. This is Rabbi Kovacs for the 16th of Adar Rishon. The Mishnah Yomi is starting the third chapter of Nedarim. Now, up till now, at least the last chapter, we're talking about a utterance, words that are kind of incomplete or vague, and sometimes that's a netter, a legally binding vow, and sometimes not. And now we're going to get into situations where the words spoken are effectively a vow, but he didn't mean it, or there was a mistake, as we're going to see in this chapter. Arba'a nidarim, there are four vows, hitiru chachamim, that our sages released them. Now, what this means is a person who made such a vow, as we're going to see, due to the circumstances, they don't even have to go to a sage or a court and seek annulment. They're automatically annulled. Nidre ziruzin, a netter made to urge action from someone else. Nidre havai, a netter of exaggeration. Nidre shagagot, a vow that involves mistakes. Or nidre onsin. A vow that's onest, that's circumstances beyond someone's control, like not a voluntary netter. So nidre zeruzin ketzad. What is this first category? Vows made to, you know, zrizut is, is going quickly. Vows made to make somebody else take a quick action. What are we talking about? Haya mocher chefetz. He's selling an item in the shuk. The amar konam. And he says, I'm making a konam. It's a lashon of netter, a ban, a vow. She'eini poichet lucha minasela. I will take no less than a sella. And a sella coin is worth four dinar. Veholo, and the other guy in the shuk, they're bargaining. Omer, he says, Konam, I'm taking a nether. I will not pay you a penny more than a shekel, which is worth two dinar. So the seller is making a nether. He won't go lower than four. And the buyer is making a nether. He won't go higher than two. But the Mishnah explains, Shnehem rotsin b'shlosha dinarim. Both of them would be willing to settle on a price of three. So they're using a vow to strengthen their bargaining position in the shuk as they haggle over a price, but it's not a binding legal vow because they really, it's, it's, it's just made to urge the, the seller or the buyer to change their mind about price, but really that's not really their limit of price. They'd be willing to take three. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, Omer, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov adds a case like this. Someone who's trying to get his friend to eat at his house. He's trying to invite him for Shabbos. And the friend keeps refusing, keeps refusing. And so then eventually the inviter says, well, I'm making a netter. You can have no benefit from me whatsoever if you do not accept my invitation. So it's clear his intention isn't to make his friend completely forbidden to have any enjoyment or anything with him. It's to urge him to come and they'll have lunch together. Now, the Mishnah changes topics suddenly, and the Gemara explains what's going on is there's actually words missing from the Mishnah that should be read as part of the Mishnah. Omer, one says, Kol neder shani atid lador hu batal. Any vow that I will make in the future is batal, null and void. bishat But this only works if he remembers at the time he made the neder. And in the Gemara, they actually add in the words harotze, one who wants, shalo yitkaimu nedarav, koleshana, that his vows will not be binding for the entire year. Yamod b'Rosh Hashanah, he should stand up on Rosh Hashanah, the Omer, kol neder shni'ati lador hu batal. So they say Rosh Hashanah, the Mepharshim bring that the custom in many places was to do this Erev Yom, at the very beginning of Yom Kippur, we call it kol nidre. Kol nidre ve'asare ve'kayemei, 
etc. All of those are kinuyim, which we learned about in the very first Mishnah, this Masechta, for neder or shavua. So when we get up and do kol nidre, we are making this exact declaration that we're learning about in today's Mishnah. It's a way to make uh, nidarim and oaths to be not legally effective for the rest of the year. The Mepharshim point out it doesn't have to be on Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur. It could be at any time. Now, this last part, he has to remember it when he made the netter. That's a discussion in the Gemara. Because one opinion is if he remembers it and he makes the netter anyway, then he wants the netter to override the condition and nullify the condition, and the netter will be valid. And another opinion is if he remembers that he made the this stipulation, this tanai, that the netter won't work, then he's making the netter just as a show, like a Nidri Zeruzim, and he knows it's not going to work. The Shulchan Aruch brings that version uh, in Yuridea, uh section 210. So to, to find out what we actually do with the Misa, but in general, we not only rely on Kol Nidre, but we try not to make Nidarim at all. People say Bli Nedr, that they're, they're promising, quote-unquote, to do something without invoking the force of a Nedr. Let's go on to Mishnah Bet. Nidre Havai, what are vows of exaggeration? Amari says... Konam, I'm bowing, banning some sort of item like a carbon. Im lo reiti, if I, did, if I did not see, bederech hazay on this road, kiyotze mitzrayim, the number of Jews who left mitzrayim. He's saying, I saw 600,000 Jews walking down this road. So we can tell in this situation, it's an exaggeration. There have been instances, funerals of certain gedolei hador, funerals of great rabbis recently in Eretz Israel, where there were more than 600,000 people uh, attending the funeral or coming out for it. So it's not necessarily an exaggeration, but under circumstances, we know it's an exaggeration. Or he says, Im lo nahash habad. If I didn't see a snake that was as fat as the pressing beam of the olive press, and that was a very, very large, heavy beam used to squish the olives, there's no such thing as a snake that big. It would be called a dragon in that instance. Nidre shagagod. What about vows on mistake? Imachalti so he says something will be forbidden to him, like a konam, like a carbon, if I ate or drank. And he he thinks he didn't eat or drink, and then he remembers that he had breakfast. He remembers he did so. He didn't remember at the time of the netter. So the netter was based on a mistake. Or he says, He says this will be forbidden. It'll be konam. It'll be banned to me. If I will eat or I will drink today. And then he forgot all about that vow. And he triggered the condition of the vow, but he had no idea at the time that that's what he was doing. So it's a shogig. It's a mistake. Another case of shogig, Amar, he said, Konam ishti, li. My wife is banned from having any benefit from me. Why? She stole my wallet. Now, as we learned about in Ketuvot, the married man is obligated to provide his wife food and clothing and also an allowance for extras and incidentals. So he or she went above and beyond and she literally, he thinks, she stole the wallet. Or, she hit my son. Now, as an aside, we'll see in Masechet Makot in a couple of years that there were some very limited times when it was appropriate for a father or a Rebbe to, to use physical discipline on a child. Uh, modern post-scheme, modern sages say, don't do it at all because it will not have the same effect that it had 3,000 years ago. So we do not use any sort of physical discipline. That's that's what I've heard. Your your local rebbeim may vary. You can ask them personally, but that's just what I've heard from my rebbeim. But then, Venoda, and then he realizes, it turns out, Shalohika too. She didn't strike his son. Venoda, Shalohika, she didn't steal his wallet. 
is just misplaced. So it turns out the netter was made by mistake. And therefore, it's shogeg and it's not binding. Another case, ra otan ochlim teinim. He saw some guys out the window. They're eating from his fig tree. The Amar and the fig owner in response, he says, Hare Alechim Karban. Those figs are, are forbidden for you to eat like they're a carbon, like they're sacrificial, they're completely forbidden. Nimsu, and it turns out, Aviv It turns Turns out it was his father and his brothers who he wouldn't mind them eating the figs, and there were other guys there also. So this neder has a shogig, has a mistake, because he wouldn't mind if his father and brothers ate his figs, he just minds that the other guys are doing. So what's the result here? Beit Shammai Omrim Hen Mutarin, the father and brothers are able to eat the figs, the vow's not binding on them. But the other guys who are with them are forbidden to eat the figs, that part of the netter is binding. Beit Hillel Omrim Elu Elu Mutarin, Beit Hillel says both of them can eat the figs. Now, they probably shouldn't because they're kind of like stealing, but, uh, you know, and the owner has expressed displeasure here, but the vow is not binding because a vow that's partially a shogeg, Beit Hillel holds, is completely shogeg and is null and void. Yashar Koach, have a great week.